reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants. Ravens mailbag, Ravens cleanup, Ravens mailbag. I almost forgot what team we played on Sunday. That's yeah. We're presented by John Boy Media. I'm already out of whack. If you're listening, like these guys are unprepared. We're actually not. We actually have a full sheet of what we're going through. I'm Bobby here with Justin. Got a got some mailbag voicemail questions to get to. Justin, how are you doing? Four days out from a chance to be in the playoffs. I don't blame you for not knowing who we played because last Sunday was irrelevant. It was it was irrelevant whether we won, whether we lost, doesn't matter because this Sunday uh, this Sunday is it. This Sunday is it. Uh, on I, I am feeling a little anxious. Not gonna lie, I'm just anxious about the Giants' future overall. Probably more anxious about that than the than the actual game. But I'm trying to drown my anxiety in just trying to prep and look at as much data and as much uh, information that I can about Dallas, about the Giants, and give it to the world. Just tell it to the world. That's what I. That's how. That's how I've been harvesting my energy this week. Yeah, it's, it's. We'll we'll talk about this more on the Friday pod, and 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 it's it's a weird dynamic where it's like, like part of us has like we have to prepare for the season to end. Like on on our end, like talking Giants wise, like we have to do some preparation for the season to end. But also, it's like we may be playing a playoff game, you know, in, in a week. So, I guess we that's, could either have we could either have times. like a top five pick. We could either have like a top five pick, or we could be Hosting playing Tom Brady, game. Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs at home, and have the conversation of we could legitimately maybe beat them. Oh, we can beat them. I, I that's <laughs> who I want. I want the Bucks. I want the Bucks so bad. Being the Bucks in the playoffs, you don't understand how much satisfaction that would bring to me, especially being down here in Florida. Um, so that that is that that is my goal. Uh, even though I did get carried away a little bit, you know, going into off like doing offensive coordinator research last night when I should have been doing the O line report. O line report's out now. All right, Justin, you got anything before we get into some of these uh, mailbag voicemail questions? No, let's dive right in. All right, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, we have our first question from Hot Dog. Talking about the Giants offense, how would you fix the offense this offseason? In my opinion, we shouldn't spend too much resources on the offensive line. They are young and they are getting better. I say get a great wide receiver, depth of tight end, and obviously a new offensive coordinator. Does that do it for you, Bobby Skinner? 
Yeah, he basically said like everything. So yeah, we we, we need basically everything besides quarterback and running back. Offensive coordinator is obviously the big thing, which you know it's crazy that you've probably seen this stat by the time you're listening to this episode. This was the most aggressive game by Jason Garrett so far, and it, it like by far it was more aggressive than like Kitchens and Kitchens like called a more aggressive game than any Garrett game. So I don't know if that's breeding from what Freddie Kitchens did, or it's just a, it's just, you know, it's a different game because it was the Ravens, but it was aggressive and it, it had Daniel, like Daniel Jones, which we'll talk about in the next question. Like it was letting him read the field, read blitzes and get the ball out um, and hold on to the ball a little bit. I liked what I liked out of him. That being said, that is not enough. Like they have to fire Jason Garrett. They have to fire Jason Garrett and then go from there. And they're obviously going to work on it in the work on this offense in the off season, whether it's, you know, picking up an offensive lineman or wide receiver in free agency, what they do with Evan Ingram, who I do think will be back for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing is for sure, they have to add a wide receiver, whether that's in the first round, second round, or free agency. There's no way they can leave those three elements without coming away with a wide receiver. Yeah, you can argue they can possibly add two. I mean, I know you're invested in Sterling Shepard. I know you want to be invested in Darius Slayton, but let's face it, Joe Judge had doesn't really have a connection to Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton was a fifth-round pick. So I know we believe in Darius Slayton. I know Darius Slayton has showed that promise. Who, who this is a, this is a good question. If the Giants pick up two wide receivers that could possibly get significant playing time this offseason, Two through free agency, two through the draft, one through free agency, one through the draft. I think that would be more likely. One through free agency, one through the draft. Out of Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton, who would you be more okay with? Not necessarily, maybe not parting ways, but them getting significantly less playing time. Well, Shepard's going to be in the slot again next year. We'd all assume when Tate's out, right. he's in the slot, and he looks, and that's where he looks his best. So, you're not going to move on from either. Um, I just one Sterling Shepard doesn't really have any trade value, but Darius Slayton getting less playing time, but being used, I'm fine with that. Um, and also, you know, say that they get one in free agency, and then in the second round they go get a guy like Sage Surratt. Sage Surratt may not be ready right away. Right. No, that's that's a good point. We got a bunch of yeah. It's starting sounds. to piss me off, to be honest. We we got a bunch of sounds happening around this. This is what happens when we record early in the afternoon. Yeah. All right. I, so I'm that's about to uh lose my mind. Yeah, so uh, hot dog, you pretty much totally touched on weird. it all there. It's, it's but anyways, I tried to finish that as quick as possible because I heard an ambulance coming. Oh man, about to be another ambulance because I'm I'm about to lose it. Um, Tell us about your offensive coordinator that you fell in love with last night. That very well could change in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, one. Um, it's probably not going to happen. Ken Dorsey, he's the QB coach for the Buffalo Bills. Who I, you know, I think we've all liked the way the Bills have done stuff. Hell. Joe Judge tried to get uh, Brian Dabble over, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator last offseason. They blocked it, obviously. Um, he was the QB coach for Cam Newton and with the Panthers in those MVP years. So there is a connection to Dave Gettleman. Uh, there's somewhat of a connection to Joe Judge through Brian Dabble. So if Brian Dabble doesn't get a head coaching job, which he very well may, like Ken Dorsey probably will be my top target. Like, I, I really like him. And he was the QB for the greatest college football team of all time. Maybe, maybe – definitely top three but 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 he he was part he was the qb for that miami hurricanes team yeah you got me sold 
Got me sold. Big, big, uh, big Ken Dorsey fan. All right, do we want to talk about Daniel Jones? I feel like it's a good transition. Just We're having the about Miami guy would be cool too. You guys know. I, I know. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's right it's right at your heart. I just, you know what I've realized? I'm not just an ACC football fan. Like I was, mm. I you know I it's like I like Miami. I you know I'm a big Duke gang guy now because of you know Daniel Jones and now it's like I want Chris Rumpf. UNC, I love all their players. You know Clemson. You know we've gotten you know players from there. Um, and you know, like Dexter Lawrence, uh, and there's like these little, these like other small guys like that. I like, I mean, I'm, I'm just an ACC football fan. I, I have realized that in the past year. Fun football. Fun football's played in that conference. All right. We want to move on to, uh, Eli Wartman. Yes. Eli Wartman at Eli Wartman. Bobby, this is directly at you, Bobby. You seem very excited that DJ hasn't thrown a pick in 143 or whatever snaps. But wouldn't you rather have him or have him have eight touchdowns and three interceptions? Wouldn't you rather have him have eight touchdowns and three interceptions? Absolutely. And honestly, I'm not excited about that number because I, you know, I posted that number that he hadn't thrown an interception in five games, which was like it was like 165 throws or something like that. Um, it wasn't that I was excited about that. But I, I just wanted to put it out there for the, oh, he turns the ball over, turns the ball over people. It's like, well, he actually, since that Tampa game, hasn't turned the ball over besides once um, against the Cardinals where, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm not mad at him for fumbling that ball. You know, we, I, I, you know, we, we spent time talking about that after the Cardinals game. He got lit up. Um, and the fact that he was, you know, having to nurse that those, both legs in that game. Only one at the, at the time of that hit, but nonetheless – it's just kind of like a hey, like he's not turning the ball over like crazy. But yes, I, I agree. I've always had the mindset of I will sacrifice some turnovers, four touchdowns, four points. Um, this game, but this game, man, I know they only scored thirteen points. We brought a little context to it of like explaining what happened on each drive, whether it was you know feel, you know not being able to convert and you know kick field goals or um, drop passes. Drop passes. Daniel Jones. He, the Ravens threw a lot at him. Different types of blitzes, stuff coming from different places. And Daniel Jones played really well, and it happens to coincide with Jason Garrett being aggressive. Like I said, the most times Jason Garrett's done the two 15-plus route things that we talked about was 12. That was versus Chicago in Week 2. Did it 19 times. Wow. 19 times. They were hitting balls off the seam. like, And they had free rushers coming at Jones, so he was under pressure having to get the ball out quick. You know, you know, uh, evading to his left and getting out passes like Daniel Jones. I know they only scored 13 points, but I was super impressed watching when I went back and watched the all 22 film of Daniel Jones in this game. Man, like he 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 did really well. Like he he operated well in this game. It just sucks. They were down by so much. Um, and, and, and you know, what is it? 40 attempts, nine, you know, 41 attempts, 19 of them were aggressive by Jason Garrett. And I don't think that's a coincidence that the more aggressive the game plan, the better we saw Jones. What's the criteria for your stat again? How many guys need to be running two, 15 two yards Two players running uh, a route that is designed to go 15-plus yards. Okay. So, like, if, okay. if you're running a go ball and you're at 13 yards and Jones throws it underneath to a slant, that's part of that play. You know, I don't I don't be like, oh, that doesn't count. Um, and most of it was from the coming from underneath. It wasn't him chucking the ball downfield. It was the Ravens were blitzing. They were attacking downfield, and because they're blitzing, they have less guys covering. You got to cover those guys deep, and it was right. opening stuff up underneath. That's why we saw Yak. So, um, yep, it's basically what we've been preaching all year. Yeah, and Yak has been absolutely non-existent on this team, especially on balls thrown 
less than 10 yards. There has been barely any wide receivers besides Sterling Shepard that has caught a ball less than 10 yards and have gotten more than 10 yards after the catch, which is unfortunate. And you know, in the whole conversation of Daniel Jones not throwing enough touchdown passes, I, I, I looked up something Sunday morning to see you know, when was the last time a Giants quarterback started at least 10 games and didn't ha- didn't reach 10 touchdowns in in a, in a in a single year. And Jeff Hostetler in 1991, backup quarterback who took over for um Phil Sims, did not reach 10 touchdown passes when he started over t- it might have been 10 or 11 games uh right on the dot. I think Phil Sims started four games that year and then he got hurt. So, um I hope Daniel Jones gets over 10 touchdown passes. That would be nice. Cuz really they they do this Sunday this Sunday, this there is no excuse for how Freddie Kitchens called the game two weeks ago and for how Jason Garrett called the game last week. There is no excuse for them not to build off of that and score three offensive touchdowns this week, in my opinion. No, no. And and like I said, a lot of the you know, the touchdown numbers have been affected a little bit by them running like they just they do pound it in when they get inside the five, which is which is a nice which is a nice, but I'm I'm get really getting frustrated by all the noises happening outside my office. It's tough. It's a tough episode for both of us. I I have the sun. You know, if you're listening on the podcast app, We're I have never the doing sun this during the day again. No, never, never doing it during the day. Um, never doing it during the day. So it's 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 tough, but we're we're getting through it. Um, what are, what did I want to say? So the whole so it was a couple weeks ago. People could pull up the receipts and basically say, but Justin, you were fine with Daniel Jones not throwing touchdown passes like in the middle of the season. But that's because you kind of have to look at things from a game-by-game basis, where at the time, the Giants' offense, they were improving, and there was a part and there was a point in this season where the Giants' offense was projecting to be average, and that was when Daniel Jones was completing 75-80% of his passes. Yeah, playing perfect. On, <laughs> playing, basically playing perfect. That is when the Giants' offense was projecting towards average, so now the quarterback isn't playing perfect, he's not playing terrible, but he's not playing. The quarterback isn't playing perfect, so then the rest of the offense has gone down. So that's why I feel like it's okay to. You're basically you're playing. I'm playing the results. You know, it's okay to critique the lack of touchdown passes when there is just zero scoring happening, versus you're actually somewhat scoring at an average rate, versus the Bengals, versus the versus the Eagles, and those games. So um, we need we need the offense to show up this Sunday. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was just impressed with him this game. Uh, I thought he did a lot of good stuff, and he yes. wasn't able to run. You know, they're not able to do the, the read option. No. So I thought it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, stay aggressive, but also fire Jason Garrett. Still, it's too late. It's too late to. It's too late to make up for for this year. It's too late to apologize. Second, um, hey, second worst scoring offense in the NFL. Keep repeating that, people. Don't let them talk. Here's something that scared me, Justin. Somebody tweeted at Bod Papa talking about the bad offense. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted something like, not having Saquon Barkley may have something to do with it. And then Carl Banks quote tweeted it with, uh, don't tell them that. That scares me that those two know that Jason Garrett's coming back. I, they can't. They can't. They can't. Do not accept them bringing Jason Garrett back. Yeah, I, I actually would pay money to see John Mara stand up at that at that press conference, right? At that end-of-the-year press conference and try to give fans the Kool-Aid that not only will Dave Gettleman be coming back, but also Jason Garrett will be coming back. And that was acceptable. Like this year, this offensive performance was acceptable. 
I really want to, I, I want to, I don't want to see it, but I would pay to see John Mary give that speech and try to give us that Kool-Aid. Yeah, he can't do it. I, I, I'm, can't. I'm fr- can't do it. I'm frustrated right now. I'm, I'm so frustrated. I'm getting hit with, we're never recording again during the day again. I just want to let our listeners know that we're never doing it again because I'm about to lose my mind. It's okay. It's okay. Let's, 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 like, can uh, I let's come over? About... No, you can't come over. I'm more, oh my God. <sighs> can I come over? I want to come over. We have a we have a really good question from Austin Ionetta, and it right and it's about the offensive line, which Bobby you 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 probably um you probably know a little bit about the offensive line. Austin Ionetta at Austin underscore Ionetta. Are you guys concerned that Gouge, it's a new offensive line coach, might not be as good as advertised? Thanks, guys. Enjoy the pod. I'm not saying he's amazing, but he is better than Colombo. You see them doing different things that are better. Um. And when you bring context to the sacks, it's not these. Besides Shane Lemieux, it's not these guys just getting beat one on one. You know, Shane Lemieux is really the only guy who's just getting beat one on one. Um. And you know, Parrot Parrot is you know he's gonna have some young rookie issues regardless. Lemieux is really the only guy who just he just gets beat in pass blocking. Um. And the running game, yeah, it has been better. They didn't get to run a lot on Sunday, but when they did run, it was it was pretty good. Um, I mean, and, and two of the six sacks on Sunday were from the running backs. Like, two of them were the running backs. Um, and then another two were Shane Lemieux. Um, another two, Matt Pear. I get frustrated when they do the max protection thing and they allow a sack. You have eight guys you have eight guys blocking on the offensive line, and you, allow, and you somehow allow a sack. And it's the running back that screwed it up. Wayne Gallman screwed it up both times. Yeah, I'm trying to find this. Uh, Alfred Morris th- wouldn't do that. I'm trying to find the the PFF Giants account. Um, they tweeted out the two and a half seconds thing. Yeah, um, ten times. Which is Most. ten. Daniel Jones is one of the only is one of only two QPs this season to be sacked more than ten times within two and a half seconds. This is one of those examples of it. Either could be a the Giants' offensive line has been so bad in years past that I see that. And I still think to myself, but this Giants offensive line has been better this year. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but also, it could be we just watch the Giants and we don't. We watch the Giants so intently more than any other team that this, like, that stat surprises me that he's been sacked that this quickly and the line has been that bad, at least at times. It's been two of them, two of them been from the running backs, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, also, another question about the whole Lemieux and Hernandez thing. We got a YouTube comment that I actually thought was somewhat, somewhat interesting, and I wanted to hear your opinion on it, about Lemieux is going to just goof up every once in a while. Like, he's going he's gonna to whiff on a block, and he's going to allow a sack. But Lemieux doesn't give up ground in pass protection. That's not true. Whereas, Her- whereas Hernandez, and this is what a YouTube comment said, and whereas Hernandez allows the pocket to collapse where he's holding his guy, but he's getting pushed back. So that's why that person prefers Lemieux over Hernandez. What do you think about that? It's just not true. Okay. Hernandez Hernandez is a good pass blocker. He's, he's above average. Shane Lemieux is below average. That's 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 not the reason why. There's it's it's either they just want to start the young guy or something else. I I don't know. I don't know. COVID, COVID is also the 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 underlying factor that we don't know for both him and Parrot. Okay, um, Tim Coffey, friend of the program. 
Can we explore the scenarios involving the Ryan signing, the Logan Ryan uh, extension? Why I don't like it that much and what it means for guys like uh, Peppers, D Dalvin Tomlinson, and Julian Love. I Am I just not good with the cap and not looking forward to 2022 when it will all speculatively be a lot more? I'm guessing he means the cap space. The cap space is going to be a lot more in 2022. Can we keep Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers? Yeah, you can. Um, obviously, you know, they're gonna have to make some decisions on Dalvin and, uh, and Leonard, but if you're getting Logan Ryan at 10 million, you know, Pep's not going to get more than that. Most likely if they don't sign peppers, I don't think it's going to be because of Logan Ryan is basically what I'm saying. You know, like if they want, if they want to bring back peppers, they'll, they'll find a way. If they don't bring yeah. back peppers, it's gonna be like, Hey, we don't want to pay for, you know, uh, uh, you know, a safety who plays the box role, which I do think they'll want. I do think they'll want to pay for him, but peppers, like he's not going to get like a Landon Collins. I don't think a safety will ever get that Landon Collins contract no, again. Well, I guess some guys again. have with like Buda Baker and stuff. Yeah, but we would now maybe if we're really good next year and you know top of the league and Pepper starts getting that shine, you know, just like because a lot of it does have to do with outside, like what people think of you from the outside. But Peppers doesn't have that yet, and Logan no. Ryan's been well known in the league for a long time. He's tested free agency before. Uh, so I I don't I don't I don't think it would like I think if they don't bring back Jabril Peppers it's because the the dollar sign didn't make sense for Peppers regardless of Logan Ryan. Yeah, yeah, and, and the Logan Ryan deal seems very team friendly, very. Basically a two year deal. I'm assuming because yeah. it's and it's two thirds of it's guaranteed. It's two thirds of it's is guaranteed that on a three year deal that usually means that it's it's a two year deal where you could cut them after the second year. So it's I a thought very he was definitely going to demand a lot more than ten million. Because there, there was a reason why he didn't sign this year. This year, there was a reason why he didn't sign he until got seven the summer. And a half. But I thought he was going to want more than 10. Like, that's why I thought that he was waiting and he was going to... And, and after having a really good year this year, I thought that he was going to get it. Um, he feels valued by the Giants. And that's, that, that's also a plus for Joe Judge, you know, in terms of talking about possibly bringing in a free agent. If you are a hard worker and you are a guy that, you know, does what you have to do, you are going to be valued by this coaching staff and you're going to be valued by this team. And Logan Ryan is is example A1 of that happening. I think, even think Leonard Williams is, is an example of that too, um, after a lot of doubt was cast upon him and then believing in him, believing in himself, and they believed in him to do what he has to do and he's had a good year. And Peppers is a real leader, not just yell loud and then throw people under the bus uh, kind of leader Yeah, and say we don't want a certain coach because he's going to make us work hard. That's shade at Landon Collins. Ooh, um, shade. Do you remember that when he's like, that's when you know the whole the Bill Belichick coming back to the Giants stuff was at its highest, and he's like, eh, we don't really want a coach that's like that. It's like, what do you mean like that? One that's won six Super Bowls and is going to make you work your ass off. You don't want a coach like that. There were a lot of things I think happened with all of the, with with the Apples, with the Beckhams, with the Collins. There was a lot of things that happened that I think were very under the wraps, and they were quiet about a lot of things because then they those guys leave the Giants, and they're running their mouths all day. So, I'm I'm just not a Landon Collins fan. It was cool that he played well at times for us, but I'm, I'm just not. I don't know why we're revisiting this. All right, next we got a voicemail. Yes, we do. What's up, talking Giants? It's uh, Ethan here from South Jersey, and uh, just a few things from today's game. I just finished watching the Eagles game and. It's ridiculous that we're still in the race for the division. I mean, losing three straight and looking awful in all three games. 
but wanted to comment on how, you know, all things considered, Daniel Jones looked pretty good today. I mean, no turnovers, uh, and he probably wasn't even 100% that we know of. Uh, Garrett, not a bad day, but that screenplay was just bad. Uh, that's pretty much it. Go Giants. Thank you, Ethan, for calling in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know we hit it on it a little bit. Sorry, our, our voicemails were a little out of whack just because some were, like, super long and we're just, it was hard to fit them in to the beginning of the show. If you eliminate the Arizona game where he was really hurt, like, he was, like, he was gimpy in that game, especially, you know, towards the end. And he was literally playing on no good legs. Like, I like saying that. Like, I just remind you, a reminder of that game. He had zero good legs in that game. So you think about this game against Baltimore. I, I get they didn't win and they didn't put up a ton of points, but he, when you pop in the All Twenty Two for this game, he looked good. Like he, he just did. The game before that was Cincinnati where he was balling. The Eagles game he played damn near perfect. Before that, um, the week before that was Washington where a game where he didn't light it up, but it's like they got twenty something points in the first half, and then the second half he literally had one incompletion that was a drop by Evan Ingram that kept them out of a sc- out of scoring range. Um, and then the game before that was Tampa. So yeah. the game, and then the game before that was the first Eagles game where Daniel Jones played really good in that game. And then, you know, Evan Ingram dropping it, let, let the team down. So you look at it from, you know, the past six, seven games, he's been good. He's been good. It ha- you know, they had, you know, he's been, hasn't been hitting those stick routes and hesitant, although they still continue to be the most dangerous play in the playbook. Almost that, you know, the first pass of the game was that. So, if you think about him in the last six, seven games, yeah, the touchdowns aren't there, and, and that does bother me. Uh, I do think it's a product of the offense a little bit. But, he, like, he hasn't, like, made any horrible mistakes besides Tampa, and he's been able to move the ball a little bit too. Yeah. And it, we've been breaking it down all year. Whether you want to be someone who believes that because the quarterback is the most valuable position in sports and because it's the position that – can have the most impact on the result of a win of, of a game in terms of you winning or losing. If you want to be somebody that still watch, that watches this team week in and week out and says, Daniel Jones isn't doing enough because look at this quarterback doing other things elsewhere. Look at this quarterback doing other things elsewhere. Bobby and I, we've been trying to break it down and say, no quarterback could operate in this offense and over-exceed expectations to the point where they would be putting... 300 yards on the board, two, three touchdowns every game. There, It's not possible. It's not possible when there isn't an explosive play opportunity to be found anywhere, when there's no yards after the catch, when your skill position players aren't allowed to separate themselves f- physically and metaphorically, um, and you just have a lack of talent. And this Baltimore game was against a – like I know the Ravens' defense hasn't been like what it has been in past, like last year. But they are really good defense with a lot of talented players and good coverage. And, you know, a defensive coordinator who I love and Wink Martindale, if you've been listening to the show for a year, you know how much I love Wink. They are a really good defense. So even with some lack of talent, this was a game where we were certainly, uh, you know, outmatched talent-wise. Where in games past, where it's like, well, like, we shouldn't be, you know, like, we shouldn't worry about the talent versus the Browns defense, although they have some talented players, the Browns defense, the Bengals defense, the Eagles defense, and it's been this conservative crap. Like, yeah. I talked about they did that the, the the deep concepts 19 times. Most games, it's between the 6 and 9 range. 
most games between it's between the six and nine range. So that's all I have to say about that. Next yeah. question. Next question. Um, we have a question from Danny B at Bozzy eighteen. Let's say the Giants make the playoffs and lose right away. Is there a real benefit from a player slash team point of view of just having that experience, although we lost? Also, does it help keep someone like Garrett in a job if we do make the playoffs? P.S. Congratulations to Justin for being a winner in fantasy. Loser. Winners lose. Losers lose. Thank winners you, Danny Winners lose. B. Losers lose. Oh, I, I read that wrong. I can't read today. Winners win. Losers lose. Whatever. Bobby's just salty that I don't have to pay my league admission fee. and I, I wasn't won. running that team anyway, so I'm, it doesn't bother me. Oh, it doesn't bother you. Um, It does, but still. Uh, yes, there's always value in go- like, it's good to go to the playoffs. Yes. I get, you know, they, they, you know, I don't think they're going to make any deep run, but it's good to go to the playoffs. And that is just what if like, I know this is like, it's like people talk about meaningless wins. Nothing is meaningless for these guys. Okay. Like that, that Washington game. Do you think Daniel Jones throwing five touchdowns versus Washington last year was meaningless to him? No. Like it, it, it helps him in his in his career case where say he doesn't play that game. Well then he has, you know, nineteen touchdowns. Like there, nothing is meaningless to these guys fighting for jobs every year. Every snap matters. So having some playoff experience matters. You see what these guys look like. That being said, could it keep Jason Garrett? Yeah, that's that's the scariest thing to me, is it could keep Jason Garrett. I don't I want the Giants to go to the playoffs. I want the Giants to go to the playoffs. I want Joe Judge to Get the experience of preparing for a playoff game, playing in a playoff game. Um, I, I I have a theory, by the way. I think fans, if fans were allowed in the stadium, and if 80,000 more, 80,000 plus, were allowed to go into MetLife Stadium and get absolutely pumped for this game and experience this game on Sunday, I think the tone of the fan base would be a lot different than it is right now. I get most of the people that are Giants fans. Oh, very large majority. <laughs> and most of the people online, you know, that maybe they don't even live in the East Coast, so they can't even go to the game. So maybe their tone would be the same. But I have I have a feeling that if you just allowed the energy of the fans to be in the stadium, the energy of the fan base would be a lot different this week. Because what's getting the most traction online in terms of conversations that are happening and conversations that are happening amongst Giants fans, it's not talking about this Dallas game. It's talking about Dave Gellman. It's talking about Jason Garrett. And, like, come on. Like, you know, I don't want to go on a huge rant and, and have about, like, oh, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing it because who am I to judge how you root as a fan? But, come on. We've got a game you know? to win. We've exactly. got a game to win. We've got a game. I mean, I, I'm, I want them to play for the playoffs. They will. So, um, and, and I also, think that would be valuable Giants, for Joe Judge, too. Y- you can be y- – you can want – a quarterback, a new quarterback, all you want, all you want, right? And here's my, here's my take on it. If you have a top 10 top, especially top five pick, if you have a top five pick and you're not intending on taking a quarterback, I don't view that pick much different than if you were to get the the 20th pick. I don't view it much different unless you're going to be taking a quarterback. Well, think offensive tackle. We took Andrew Thomas fourth. Would we have been cool with 
Mekhi Becton 11th or Tristan Worst 15th? I, yes. Yes, we, we would have been fine with that. <laughs> uh, think about wide receivers. What what guy went first? Ruggs? Are you cool with Justin Jefferson? Yeah, we would have been went... cool with Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's like, I, I don't think that will make the difference in us being a good team and a bad team is that. Yeah. Um, and it, like you said, it's different if you're looking for a quarterback. The Giants just—they're not going to draft a quarterback this year. They're not. Um, Sorry. They're not. And I don't think—and I don't think they should either, to be honest. So, uh, next question. Next question. We have a uh, Brian Porres. Brian Porres. On behalf of Golmanite Nation, I ask if Wayne Train has shown enough to be retained as a relatively inexpensive backup to Saquon. One mil or less. Yeah, or my- in that area, you know, like if it, if if they sign him for under two mil. I'm fine with that, but he's just not the type to be a backup. He needs volume to be successful. So, like, I'm not, I'm just not banging on the table. Like, I'd be fine just having Alfred Morris as the backup, as crazy as that sounds. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's just he's he's not a change of pace running back, you know. Uh, he, he needs the volume. He needs the carries because clearly the only time in his career so far where he's gotten sustainable carries was this year. And he's had success. And Bobby, I, I, I thought he missed. He, I thought he missed some holes uh, last week too. He did. There were some plays where he should have trusted maybe Cam Fleming a little bit more, which is tough to say. Um, trusted Cam Fleming a little bit more to There's run a lot right of behind times. him. Um, it's the pros and cons of Gallman. Is that he will get you your three to five yards, but there's times where it's like, dude, if you follow who's pulling, you got a big play here. Yeah. But it's like he sees a a, a lane. He's like, I got to get my four or five yards. Which I get, and I I'm not mad at him because that's who he is. Because what happens with that is like you you think about those plays, but then in the plays where it could be a one yard loss, he's getting three yards or four yards or pushing right. a pile and getting eight nine yards. So it's it's the good with the bad, but he's just not like look at his numbers when he's a backup. They're not good. They're no. not good when he's a backup. No. And I think you can easily find that guy in the undrafted free agent pool, not John Hillman. And this is this is where this is where Seventh I will get pick. this is where I will get ignorant football fan. Other teams find their backup running backs in the sixth, seventh round and and undrafted free agents, but why can't the Giants? That's where I will get ignorant football fan. So um I mean last year my mock draft had two running backs in the seventh round. How about that? My boy JJ Taylor um had a really good run last night. <laughs> One he really did. good run. <laughs> my two were Javon Leak. Who was with the Giants? I think he's actually with Washington now, and then DJ Dallas. But he got ended up getting picked in the third or fourth round. So, um, it is what it we is. We also were. We also were. Um, everybody Travis was Homer in the sixth round last year. Everybody was mocking. Uh, everybody was mocking um, AJ Dillon to be taken in like the sixth, the fifth, sixth round, and lo and behold, Man, the Packers took him in the second round. That was nuts. <laughs> um, I'll I'll save you know what there's a lot of takes it's like we're gonna have a lot to talk in the offseason I'll I'll save some stuff for the offseason all right save next it. um we have a game to win next question do we have a voicemail next yeah we have three voicemails we're gonna rattle them off and then we're yeah. then we're out of here all right here we go we got Zach hey guys this is Zach Johnson uh, from Massachusetts Boston Massachusetts um, I'm calling from my car driving back to my parents' house visiting them from Christmas this weekend um. So just quick thoughts on the game. Uh, the only really positive takeaway I have is that Jones looked healthy. Um, he was hitting most of his spots on his throws. 
just the usual. Uh, wide receivers not getting separation, dropping passes. Garrett just uninspiring, competitive play calling. Um, really would love to see Freddie Kitchens get a chance to call a game with Jones under center, but um, unfortunately I don't think we'll get to see that. Um, offensive line looks horrible, and our defense just looks horrible all around. So don't really want to spend too much time there, but just a quick question for you guys. Um, the Cowboys game just uh, finished up, so they did beat the Eagles, so our playoff hopes are still alive. Um, if the Eagles win next week, um, the Giants will actually either finish first in the division or last, which I find pretty interesting. I'm just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts would be as far as long-term ramifications. You know, do we think winning that game and getting a playoff spot is better for us or losing that game and getting a top-ten pick? Um, and also kind of your general thoughts on the season and how much you think the outcome of that game kind of plays into how you feel about this team. Um, you know, to me, 6-10 and 10, season where we make playoffs doesn't really mean a whole bunch so i don't think it holds much weight for me but just curious what you guys think um love the content keep up the good work uh, thank you zach for calling in we we kind of answered this a little bit before but what i will say is like yeah the six and ten and making the playoffs hold a lot of weight no but it's an opportunity take advantage of it yeah. take advantage of it win the nfc east build continue the build off of it and you know like we said before i don't think us having the the 19th pick versus you know, the seventh or eighth pick because this whole, you know, I get the, the, the whole joke of like, we could be third. Like that's not going to happen. Um, so I don't think the 12 spots difference is going to make or break us being a good team. It's, it's how well do we draft with those, right. with those picks. And especially I mean, when about, you're not taking a quarterback, that's the I mean, thing. Most, um, so, most of the best players in the NFL come in like the second half of the first round. Yeah. You know, so what was I going to say? Oh, I think I would. All right, so this is also interesting. Um, just as a as a fan, right? And also people that have to stay up late and wait for the result of the Washington-Philly game to see how we're going to be talking about the game at 1 o'clock. Oh, I forgot about that. We're So we're going to have to record after Sunday Night Football if they lose. If, if the Giants, if the Giants, I would rather have, if the Eagles are going to win Sunday night, no, wait, let me, wait, what am I, what am I trying to think here? What would I rather have happen in one o'clock? If Washington wins, I would rather have the, if I know Washington's going to win 100%, if I could tell the future, I would want the Giants to lose, right? Because I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that, you know, anxiety of the whole day of, because well, if, if Washington the future, wins, it wouldn't over. matter because you just wouldn't know the future. Well, all right, let's, I'm hypotheticals here, Bobby. Um, if I know for a fact Washington is going to win, I would want the Giants to lose. Yes. No, because that 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 emotion, like that's a good feeling. I know it, it'll be a letdown, but and here's the thing, especially for us, like recording wise, it's like if we're in the playoffs, we're recording an episode. It's late. Who cares? You know, we're talking about but being here's in the playoffs. The thing. If Ugh. not, we're not recording that night, so we're waiting till Monday night. So. If Washington is going to win, and this is now this is us just for us recording wise. If if I, if Washington is going to win, I would want the Giants to lose just so I don't have just so I don't have to be anxious for those couple hours in terms of what is going to happen. That anxious man, that's what sports are about. No, man. no, 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 no. I would I, I would first of all, snacks and I are people that we eat ourselves to the point where we're in pain when we're anxious. Especially about sports. In life in life I can't eat if I'm anxious. But in sports if I'm anxious about something I just eat, and I'm a, I am punish myself. And Snacks punishes himself with Domino's. I just punish myself with whatever assortment is in the fridge. So, now you can't do it. Now you can't do it. 
All right, next next uh, voicemail. This is our friend Joey at Big Blue Hulk. Oh. Hey, Joey. Here he is. Speak up, Joe. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Joey from Beltsville, Maryland, uh, at Big Blue Hulk on Twitter. Um, I'm in my bedroom being consoled by a weighted blanket after just having listened to uh, your last episode. Thanks for doing that on game, after that game, by the way. I know it wasn't easy. You're welcome. Um, my thoughts on, on, on the Gettleman situation, and I know everybody's kind of I, – I just – I'm tired of people trying to tell me that they're playing the result and being objective. You can't be objective and pick one data point. That's cherry-picking data to fit a narrative. That said – I don't think he's absolved from responsibility. I do think one thing needs to be considered here. Um, I don't think he gets hired if he doesn't tell Mara that he's going to try and build around Eli one more time. It seems like most of the indictments around David Correct. Gettleman surround the 2018 decisions, both free agency and the draft. Those decisions and coaching hire, because I think Pat Shermer is a big part of it. Pat Shermer was not the right coach for a rebuild. He was the right coach for a, trying to put a veteran roster together to make one more run. Um, and you saw that in 2019. You saw, you see the, the decisions on, on free agents and, and players in the draft were, 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 for 2018 were all built around trying to build around the UI. So personally, I think that was more of an organizational decision. I don't think you have, I don't think Gettleman really had a choice but to do that. And I don't think he gets hired unless he does that. Since then, I think most of his decisions around the rebuild, they're building the right way. They're attacking offensive line, they're prioritizing offensive line and secondary. Not all of those decisions have panned out. That Some of that's on him. I don't think he should have traded up for DeAndre Baker, but if he had taken him in the second round there, I would not have faulted him for it. It would have been an excellent pick based on the time frame. You can't hold him accountable for dumb shit that a player does that no one could have seen coming. Enough with the character crap. It's such a stupid idea to say that, oh, well, there were character concerns. There were not character concerns that were going to be about Tim, you know, holding a gun to somebody's head. And then it turned out to be false anyway. Um, so can't put that on, on him, I don't think. Anyway, uh, that's my two cents. I think, I think if you, it depends on how you feel, how responsible he should be for 2018. That's really, it. I don't, I don't think so, but if, if you do, it's fine. But don't give me this 20, uh, play the results is, is being objective. That's just not true. All right, I'm gonna go with this because I'm I'm more pro Gettleman than most people. It's not just playing the results, okay? Like, I I agree with what a, a lot of what Joey's saying, like the DeAndre Baker take. I agree with him with that, where it's like the whole character, like you can't predict that. Um, although you can look at some stuff, like you know, I think you could have predicted Dwayne Haskins if you if you asked around, you know, his coaches and stuff. Um, if Baker was a guy falling asleep, like you can predict that, you can find out from you know coaches. You like that's part of your job. But guess who hired Pat Shermer? And I didn't hate the Pat Shermer. Like people know my feelings on Pat Shermer, but he hired Pat Shermer. And I get okay, they're building around Eli. Well, wouldn't building around Eli mean we have a better offense than the thirty-first ranked offense now with the new QB? Um, and it's like, well, it's, it's this. It's a wide like. There's just all these things, and I I agree if. If you want him to be back, and I kind of, I almost fall in that. I think I, I go back and forth. Like there's times when I'm thinking, and I'm like, I want to bring him back because I like what he did in 2020. But 
everything put together, you can play the results, okay? We don't win games. We have the 31st ranked offense in the NFL three years in. And this, and we've drafted on offense. We've drafted for offense. We've signed free agents. And so building around Eli, like he, he John Mayer didn't force him to sign Nate Solder. And honestly, um, unless, and like you, and you've made this point too, unless John Mayer comes in and says, I forced him to do this. Well, we got to hold Dave Gettleman accountable. Okay. So now there could be some stuff behind the scenes and we don't know that, but it's okay to not like Dave Gettleman. Like, I think I'm on both sides. Um, but like, I'm so sick of the pushback from some people saying like, oh, well this, 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 it's just, it's everything is an excuse, but you give him all the credit for the good things. Like, well, it's Joe judge. It's Joe judge when it's this, it's, it's John Mayer when it's bad. It's okay to be anti Dave Gettleman. He hasn't shown enough for people to not be anti Dave Gettleman. He just hasn't. So, and playing the results is objective. We lose. And it's not just, it's not like we have this amazing team and we lose. We need an edge rusher like crazy. We need an edge rusher like crazy. And we've got BJ Hill, who we took in the third round on the bench because we went and got Dexter Lawrence and then Leonard Williams, who we're both going to, you know, Leonard Williams on an expiring contract. And I get Leonard Williams has been great, but that was a bad deal. And I said that even at the height of his good, his good play. But it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with being anti Dave Gettleman and on the opposite side, I think if you're pro Gettleman, you can't say Gettleman's amazing, but you can say, hey, I like him and I, I think he deserves another year. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm so tired of like pushback from like, oh, well, everything that bad happened was John Mara's fault. Well, then Dave Gettleman needs to stick up to John Mara and tell him what the right decision is to do. Like if, if John Mara, like I just have a hard time believing that John Mara's like, you guys are hiring Jason Garrett. If Dave Gettleman... Um, pushback and he knows he has a rookie coach who's not it can't be that outspoken in his first year and Dave Gettleman says no no we're not doing Jason Garrett we're hiring somebody else he like do that so if 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 the issue if the issue Justin is that it's John Mayer's fault what's going to stop Dave Gettleman from just bending the knee to John Mayer in the future when he wants to make decisions that's my issue it's like okay then clearly him and John Mayer don't really have a great working relationship on a results-based basis so I know I just went on a rant, but it's, I, you know, I see people on both sides and it's, it's, yeah, it is objective. But when you look at everything objective and all types of conflict, you can land on both sides and being anti Dave Gettleman is totally fine. He has not done enough. I'm fine with giving him another year. I would be cool with it. I wouldn't be mad at all. I would not be mad at all if Dave Gettleman is the general manager two weeks from now, but people being mad that he is are totally that's totally fine to be that way. That was good. It was good. It's kind of rambled. I didn't, you know. No, that was anyways. good. No, that was great. I kind of had a, I kind of had a, a coming to earth moment of if they, if Dave Gettleman really wanted to, or if Dave Gettleman and John Mara really wanted to turn around the Giants' offense in 2018, why not take an offensive lineman that would have probably helped out Eli more than a running back? But anyway, um, I agree with everything you said. At the end of the and you you said it in your in that in that great soliloquy speech that you had right there. Even the people that are in the building that are paid to report to the public, even the people that are in the building, quote unquote, they don't know the dynamic that happens. They don't know the dynamic between Dave Gettleman and John Mara. They their guess is honestly as good as ours in terms of inferring of oh this is a decision that was made for you know. 
PR, we want to appease to Eli because we screwed him over and we benched him and that was a bad move and we went back on that move even though I init- even though John Maris signed off on that move. And then you can go and then you can point to 2019 saying, "Oh, these are smart moves centered around positional value and what is best what best reflects the game today and even taking DeAndre Baker in the second round, taking a corner in the second round, trading up for a corner that you believe in." That's those are moves that are centered around positional value, prioritizing your secondary, drafting a left tackle in the top five that isn't a quarterback. I mean, the left tackle is the second most important position in the game of football behind quarterbacks. So there have been moves that have been made that have reflected positional value after you maybe can infer that John Mara was not involved in those in those moves. But at the end of the day, Bobby, it is a guess because we are not in the building and nobody knows. So you have so you you are totally right. To repeat what you said, you have to play the results. You have to because we don't know. We just realistically don't know what's happening and what the dynamic is. So you can't definitively say anything. And John Merritt is not being fired. John Merritt it cannot be fired. John Merritt cannot it will not sell the team. John Merritt will not fire Chris Merritt. He will not fire his brother at this point. He will not fire all of the people that have been in the organization for 20 years. That's uh, that's illogical. You can have that opinion and power to you, power to you, and you. And in, in a way, you wouldn't be wrong. But Bobby and I, we cannot objectively sit here and talk about this team week by week and just throw out these theories up. John Mara needs to fire Chris Mara. John Mara needs to fire all these people that have been working for the Giants for 30 years. And while that may be a correct take, it is not reasonable. That is the irreasonable take, not. Dave Gettleman is a fool because he yeah. kind of showed to be a fool at times. My rant here's let's put, let's let's let me narrow it down to two points. If you want to bring Dave Gettleman back, point to 2020 and 2019 ish, do it, but don't absolve him from 2018. You can't totally absolve him from that. And then the build off that, my second point is like I said, if you think John Mara is, is the fault for the bad decisions. Well, that they don't. That means they don't have a good working relationship. That Dave Gettleman doesn't feel like he can make the right decision, even if it will go against what John Mayer is saying. That's I. That's those two points. I I am not some person who thinks like, oh, if they bring Gettleman back, they're so dumb. I'm fine with it. I won't be mad at all. I really won't be. Um, in fact, part I I go back and forth. Some days I want to bring him back. Some days I want to move on. On both sides, I'm so tired of like this idea that you can't have a strong opinion one way or the other. It's okay to like Gettleman. It's okay to hate him. Um, well, don't hate somebody, but you know what I mean. All right, let's let's finish it off with who do we have? We I think we got Eric, right? Hey, Bobby and Justin, it's Eric in Naples. I'm at the bar. We're down twenty to three to the Ravens, and uh, I'm just getting real with you. That Seattle win was a farce, and it <laughs> gave us a false hope. And look at our other wins. Two against Washington, one against Philly. We're a bad football team like we've been for years. I'm not seeing the upside anymore. We we can't run a five-yard route and get open. We can't do anything. Jones can't do anything. We're terrible. And this is such a hard message to send, but we are terrible. The defense, teams have figured out our zone. We have no pass rush, so our zone means nothing anymore. We're terrible. We're going to go 5-11, and 11, 
and I don't see any hope. On a side note, I left a message for you guys in a, one of the one of the uh, one of the YouTube comments that uh, since we got nothing to talk about with the Giants, maybe you guys could share some of your personal stories we'd like to hear. Like, uh, I'd love to know about Bobby's high school football experience. If he went on to play college, how that was. I'd like to know where Justin's seats are at Giant Stadium. Maybe some of his favorite experiences there. Because uh, I got nothing from this team. Nothing. Our special teams is terrible. We're terrible. Our roster is terrible. I'm not going to blame it on Judge, but our roster is horseshit. Oh. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Eric. Eric and um, Naples always gives us his authentic feelings every single week. And I yeah, really right appreciate the game. that. It's a, it's a staple of the Wednesday show. Um, so why don't you answer this the end of that question? What's like your favorite like MetLife experience? Oh, um, well, my seats are section three fifteen, row sixteen, seats thirteen fourteen. Um, I've actually been thinking a lot about um, January first, uh, two thousand twelve, where week seventeen it was a. Uh, it was basically MetLife's first playoff game, even though they technically had their first playoff game the week after. But that game where it was kind of raining, the weather was kind of crappy, but it wasn't too cold. Cruz taking it to the house, Justin Tuck having an awesome game against Tony Romo. Um, and that being just an easy game where it wasn't like anxiety written or anything like that from start to finish. It was an easy game, Sunday night football. Nothing beats a meaningful game on Sunday night football. Um just celebrating, just having a great time. So I've been thinking about that game recently and how actually drawing similar parallels to what, you know, week 17 this year at home, kind of close to New Year's, except, you know, the only difference is that Eli Manning had an MVP caliber season and nobody on the Giants has had an MVP caliber like season. So, um, but kind of a similar game. You win and you're in. This kind of, this game kind of is a playoff game. So, yeah, I mean, we'll at least have that, like that, that buzz of like, hey, we, we, yeah, we got a chance. Like we did our job, yeah. we've got a chance. Um, I'll do the quick thing. Obviously, you know, did play high school football. Um, played uh, at a small school in college, St. Olaf. Um, long story short, and one day I actually do want to share all this. Um, but it'll probably be more something in the off season. Long story short, I left after two years for other for issues. For issue, I left after two years. Basically, for I didn't finish school. Um, yeah, schools for fools. That's what I said. I said, schools for fools, I'm out. Schools for fools, clean pools. Um, so, th- th- long story short, but I, I would, I would like to share like that whole, you know, like how the, you know, the recruiting stuff worked. Um, so maybe, maybe one day, uh, I'll, I'll share that more, but I, I just don't want to go into detail right now on it, but I will, I will one day, Eric. So I, I appreciate your interest. And I think it'll be. A uh, cool story, but I don't want to do it on a mailbag, a week sixteen mailbag episode. You know. All right, is, is, is that all we got, Justin? Bobby, we got we got a game to win. We got a game to win. Beat the freaking Cowboys. I'm re- I'm I'm already pumped for the preview episode. That's that's how pumped I am to to win this game. Like it's it's gonna be fun. Um, so we appreciate you guys. We're gonna get out of here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for you know dealing with some rants. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday for the Cowboys preview. We're going to go to the playoffs, and we're probably going to win the Super Bowl too, honestly. Until then, let's go Big Blue.